Abraham, on the other hand, he didn't have anything to see. The only thing he could see, they were negative things. They didn't support what God told him. But what did he say? He said, well, even though it doesn't make sense, even though it doesn't add up, even though my physical senses, this is not, tell me this is not so, this can never be so. If God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. And Abraham, his name is found in the hall of fame of the heroes of faith, because that's real faith. Then, thirdly, we said faith is not mental assent. Mental agreement is just mentally uh, agreeing with something, not really believing it in our hearts. Real faith is of the spirit. Man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. Real faith is of the heart. In fact, faith will walk in the heart with doubt in the head. Thoughts may come, and thoughts may persist. But thoughts that are not expressed in words or in action die unborn. The most holy saints of God have sometimes found thoughts in their minds that their hearts resented. The fact that you have a doubt thought doesn't mean you're doubting. See, the devil is the god of this world. He will throw anything at your mind from the outside. As long as you don't accept it and you don't act on it, you don't say it, it's, it's dead. You can't stop birds from flying over your head, can you? You can't. But you can stop one from building a nest on your hair. You can't decide who knocks at your door. Anybody can come to knock at your door. But you have the right to decide who you're allowed to come in. Amen. Amen. So, mental assent only mentally agrees with the mind. Doesn't really believe it. And how do we know? He never makes the word of God his own. The Bible is true, but not in my case. Hey, divine healing. I believe in divine healing, but I am sick. Hey, I believe that God is a provider, but my needs are not met. You know? And why? Is he still sick? Why are his needs not met? Because he doesn't act on it. He doesn't act on it. And since he doesn't act on it, it doesn't become his reality. And then, fourthly, we said that faith is not foolishness or presumption. There's another one that people think is faith. It's not faith. It's foolishness. And at the best, presumption. You know, presumption. I gave the example of somebody, hear someone give a testimony how they had high blood pressure, they threw their drugs away, and now their doctor has given them a clean bill of health, and then they get home and they throw their own drugs away, and the next week they die. And then somebody comes and says, you see, that faith thing doesn't work. So and so was believing God. Was he really? No, he was not believing God. He was being presumptuous. He was acting based on someone else's action. See, there was this lady. She was legally blind. Legally blind. She couldn't see the median on the side of the road. She wore glasses that were like a quarter of it, an inch thick. She came to one of Brother Higgins' meetings. And then she released her faith. I believe that the moment Brother Higgins lays hands on me, I will be healed. I release my faith. He lays hands on me. I'm going to get my healing. My eyes will be healed. She released her faith. Well, she came. He laid hands on her. And after, just as soon as he finished laying hands on her, in faith, and I'm putting in faith, in quote, she removed her glasses. Right? You know, if you really believe, you will act. So she felt my action because I believe that once he lays hands on me, my eyes will be healed. She removed her glasses. And to her utter dismay, she couldn't see anything. She was just as blind as she was like a blind bat, couldn't see. Then she came to meet him, almost confused. What's going on? I came in faith. I believed that the moment you lay your hands on me, I will be healed. And you know, faith is acting. I acted. I acted by removing my glasses. But I can't still see what's happening. What do I do now? What's going on? Brother Higgin told her, you know what? Put your glasses back on. 
That's what to do. See, Mark eleven twenty four says, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, you believe that you receive your healing, right? Eh, but you don't have it yet. The manifestation hasn't come yet. The corresponding action is not necessarily removing your glasses. If you remove your glasses and the manifestation hasn't come yet, you could die on your way back home of a car accident. In fact, you are violating the laws of the land because there was a restriction on her glasses that she should never drive, uh, a restriction on her driver's license that she should never drive without her glasses. The manifestation hasn't yet come. The action is not necessarily remove your glasses. You see, in certain of these cases, the drugs will not heal you. Neither will the drugs keep you from getting healed. However, the drugs can keep you alive until your faith takes hold of your healing. Does that make sense? So I told her, put your glasses back on. What do you do? Maintain your confession. I believe that I receive my healing. Just maintain your confession. And keep thanking God that you're healed. That's action. Well, she continued to thank God. Nine months down the line, she moved to another state. Nine months. Nine months down the line. She moved to another state. And all the while, wakes up in the morning as she's getting her glasses. Thank you, Father. I believe I receive healing for my eyes. She's having her bath. Thank you, Father. I believe I receive healing for my eyes. She's driving her car. Oh, God, I just want to thank you. I just want to praise you because I'm healed. I'm not healed because I feel like it. I'm not healed because I look like it. I'm not healed because my physical senses tell me I am. I'm healed because your word says, Mark eleven twenty four. what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Hands were laid on me. I believe I receive my healing. Oh God, I just want to praise you. I just want to thank you because my eyes are healed. That was a confession. I believe I receive my healing. I believe I receive my healing. I believe I receive my healing. She just kept saying it. She just kept saying it. She just kept saying it. Not just saying it, she believed it in her heart. And she said it with her mouth. And she maintained that confession. You know? She got to the other state. She had to relocate to another state. On getting there, they said because she had taken the driving test, all she'll need to take is just a written test because there are different laws in different states in the U.S. You know, New York suddenly, you know, shocked everybody. Ah, if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't bother to know. It's not good news. Well, so she did the written test. She passed based on the different laws of in driving in that other state. So they noticed there was a restriction on her driver's license that she mustn't drive without her glasses. So they said, you need to go for some other eye test. She went for the eye test and they came back, said, look, you don't need those glasses anymore. You've got 20-20 vision. Did it work? It did. Was that real faith? It was. You see, the other one of removing your glasses might have been presumption in her case. Now, are there some people that they are at the place that they can just drop it? And as they drop it, it manifests. Just like that. Yes. Are there some people who, you know, yeah, I've had to, I've thrown drugs away. Have you, are you listening? Yeah, doctor said you must take this. I thank the doctor. I know the doctor was telling me the truth because he cared about me. You know, there are people that go to the doctor uh, and uh, maybe the doctor tells them something and then someone asks them, what did the doctor say? Uh, he said, that doctor said my enemy has, number one, you're lying. The doctor didn't say your enemy has. The doctor said you have. It wasn't a lie. It's a natural fact. Admitting that, you know, this is what the doctor said. And this is what I'm challenged with. It's not a bad confession. You can't remove a mountain until you realize there's one. 
So, Jesus did not say, whoever shall say, there's no mountain. If there's a mountain, there's a mountain. Am I making sense? So, there's a difference between real faith and presumption. Yeah, I've done that. And then, later, the same doctor said, whatever it was you did, it worked. You don't need those drugs again. But usually, that may not be the way. Now, I can do some of these things because I got a hold of some of these truths pretty early. Got a hold of some of these truths pretty early. I read my first book from Kenneth Higgins Ministries, December 1982. That's not exactly yesterday. I have every book, every book they ever put out, I have. I've read some 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, 50 times, and some, I don't mean to exaggerate, perhaps as many as 100 times. Are you listening? I have every CD in their catalog. I have every DVD in their catalog. I have hard copy that I bought. Are you listening? I they are arranged in alphabetical order. I have a shelf. I have where I put this. I have where I put that. I'm fed on these things. Are you listening? I've, I, so, I, I'm grateful to God that he allowed me to get a hold of some of these truths early. You know, sometimes some people, they first get into religion and tradition and a lot of unbelief. Then they're having to unlearn. I got a hold of truth. I've been issue. I was born again into it. Are you listening? I had my teeth cut on the right thing. So there wasn't a time I didn't have to unlearn some things that I was taught maybe as a Christian. No. I just got saved and I got a hold of truth. So it's made it easy for me. And then I fed consistently on these links. That's why it's been decades that I haven't had a headache. And it will stay that way. I walk in health. I live in health. Amen. Thank God for that. And then you see, the thing is this. I also don't say... Eh, but I've heard this. I've been hearing this for a while. There's no day that passes under God's heaven that I don't spend at least one hour studying on the subjects of faith and healing. Every single day. Every single day. Now, is that the only thing I study about? No. I have other time that I study on other subjects. I have another time when I feed on God's word in a general sense. You see, faith and healing, I put one hour exclusively into that every day. Are you listening? So that has helped me. Do you understand? You know, they talk about what some people have eaten to line their tummy. I've lined my tummy with this one. Are you listening? And I don't take it, I, I, don't, I don't assume that I know. Any opportunity I get to hear the same thing again, I'll hear it again. 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 Because you can't know it too much. You can even hardly know it enough. Do you understand? Some messages are preached so many times. If I hear somebody preaching on the same thing, I want to listen again. Uh, am I trying to hear something new? Not necessarily. Even though sometimes I hear things I, had, I didn't know before. I hear new things sometimes. But it's not about something new. Amen. It's about the same truths. It won't hurt to hear it again. Hebrews 2.1 says we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things you have heard. Lest by any means they sleep. Or we sleep from them. So you could, you could be walking in something and you could let it sleep. So how do you let that not happen? By living on the cutting edge. Amen. Amen. So you see, however, I don't tell people to do that. If someone asks me whether they should continue their drugs or not, I tell them, please continue your drugs. Let the doctor put you off. You see, when your healing manifests, the doctor will know. And the doctor will tell you you don't need it anymore. So faith doesn't necessarily mean you stop using your drugs. You see, presumption might tell you to do that. Foolishness might tell you to do that. 
Different people have different exposures to truth. Is it possible that somebody may act and his action, for instance, a minister to people on wheelchairs, I rarely tell them to get out of their wheelchair. I rarely do. Someone says, why, do you, why don't you tell them? Well, because I know faith is an act. Some people's action, and I've had people, crippled people get healed instantly. I've seen it happen, ministering to them. Some people, they are the place that from their heart, their persuasion is such that they just get up immediately and start walking. Or they just throw their wheelchairs or their crutches away and they are instantly healed. Some people are not there yet. So what do we now do between now and when the healing manifests? Kill them? No. Worsen their back problem? No. That somebody did not get up instantly off the wheelchair doesn't mean he's not in faith. Brother Hagin talked about this particular person. He said he laid hands on him. Crippled man, you know, was on a chair. Hadn't walked a day in his life. As soon as he did, some people carried him up, you know, in faith, so to speak. Yeah, since he, we believe that the power of God went to, into him. Let's carry him. They held him up. He fell. They tried. He fell. So they put him back in the chair. But what did the man do? He maintained his confession. Sometimes the only action is to keep saying what the word of God says. So the man said, I believe I received my healing. He maintained his confession. So somebody would have thought nothing happened. They took him home. You know, he got to his, he was about to sleep and all that, still on that chair. About the second day or so, he said, while he was on the chair, suddenly he said he felt a surge of power through him. He said, when he felt it, he said he had this urge to stand up, so he got up. For the first time in his life, he stood up. He said he stood up for a few seconds, then he sat back down. Then he had the same urge and the same surge of strength through him. Then he stood up again <laughs> and he started walking. He came to church the next day walking by himself. Do you see that? In fact, he ran up the staircase. Pastor of the church <laughs> and Brother Hagin, they were talking. Then the pastor said, do you see that man? Look at that man running. He looked at him. He didn't know what to think. He said, what about him? He said, that doesn't register on Yabi. He said, that's the man you laid hands on the other day who had never walked a day in his life. He's now running. Now, somebody else may think, but the man is not in faith. Who said? Who said? See, the action, faith is an act, right? But the action don't try to figure the action out in your head. Don't try to figure the action out in your head. Action must come from our heart. Must come from our spirit. Based on the persuasion that we have. Don't act on someone else's action. Act based on persuasion from your own spirit. Am I making sense? Amen. So faith is not presumption. It's not foolishness. There are some things that people do in the name of faith that don't make sense. That don't make sense. I'll give another example. You are owing money. You are owing money. Right? You now say, I believe God. The need is met. The money comes in. The need is met. Okay. You now write checks to the people you are owing the money. Nothing wrong with that. That could be faith. You know? You write the checks. You sign the checks. You send it to them. Hmm. What if the money doesn't get into the bank before they get there? See, God did not tell you when the answer will come. He only said, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Mark eleven twenty three says, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He doesn't say he shall have whatsoever he saith the next day. No. The only thing is you know it will come to pass. When will it come to pass? I don't know. I'm not God. I'm not the one controlling that. Mine is to keep believing, to maintain my confession, to keep thanking God for the answer, to keep acting on his word. I don't control when it comes. You now go and give those people those checks. Say, ah, gank, eh, that money I'm owing you, take the person now takes the check to the bank and perhaps the money hasn't yet come. <laughs> EFCC can come after you. 
And they won't understand that I did it in faith. They don't know what's so called. Am I making sense? So sometimes, okay, you're believing God for the money. The action is not necessarily to do that. Yes, I know. Someone could be at that place and he know, based on persuasion in his heart, listen, by the time he takes that money there, the money will have come. That's possible. But eh, you better be sure you know what you know, that you know that you know what you, are, what you know and you know what you are doing before you do a thing like that. Or else you could compound your problem. Do you see that? So you could write the checks and keep them and keep thanking God and keep praising God. And then when the money now hits your account, you give the fellow, go and take your own. Do you see that? Faith is not presumption. In acting, many times the problem is people act out of their head. People act based on what they think faith is. People act based on what they heard somebody else do. No. Act based on persuasion that you have. Okay, you're believing God to get married. There's this guy who uh, seems to be interested in you. You now say, yes, I believe God. And because I believe God, I'm going to buy my wedding dress. He now hears you've gone to buy wedding dress. His mind is, show wedding dress. Now, it's possible that he might very well be on the way to, look, I'm going to marry this girl. He may be on that course. He may be just about hitting that place. But that action, he now hears, he now gets, he now gets her. Before it, supposing this thing doesn't work now. Before this lady will say, I jilted her. No, me, I'm not doing any more. You now end the chance of him marrying you by buying wedding dress. Buying wedding dress doesn't mean you are in faith. And it doesn't mean you are not in faith. The point is this. The action should come from your heart. Stop trying to act from your head. Don't act based on what you think. Based on what somebody else tells you. Based on what people say faith is. No. Act from your own heart. See, the thing is this. You see, the born again human spirit. And even... Even the man that's not saved is a spirit. God's word is such that when you put it inside your spirit, there's a way it reacts in your spirit that the action you need to take, you will know from your spirit. Put that word inside you. Put that word inside you. For instance, people think that, you know, somebody, they have fever. Hmm? They just think, yes, if I have fever, I'm going to act in faith. Acting in faith will mean, let me start doing manual work. Let me go and carry that keg. Let me go and put water there. Let me... Really, the action that he needs to take may be to go and rest. Maybe he's just overworking himself. And that's why he's sick in the first place. But to have a stereotype that, uh -huh, when you're believing for this, you do this. When you're believing for that, you do that. When you're believing for baby, you buy baby clothes. Not necessarily. Buying baby clothes doesn't necessarily mean you're in faith. Neither does it mean you are not in faith. The question is, did you do it from your heart? Or are you doing it from your head based on what you think faith will do? Am I making sense? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about like IVF. Are you listening? Doing IVF doesn't mean you are not in faith. IVF is not necessarily... How many... <laughs> the percentage of people that do IVF and it doesn't work is a lot. Yeah. Do you understand? But let me tell you something. You've been believing God for a child for 10 years. Are you listening? You don't have a child yet. If I were you, I would think about some of those things. doesn't mean I'm not in faith. It just means I have some sense. Are you listening? Faith grows. Maybe you're not yet... You're believing God for healing. And the thing is getting worse. And it's getting worse. And it's a matter of life and death. Don't be stupid. Just don't be stupid. Tell your neighbor... Don't be stupid. 
Don't be stupid. I don't mean it as an abuse, but it's just a fact. Don't be stupid. Am I making sense? Faith grows. You know, many people do things in the name of faith that they just destroy their life. Told you about people who have, their wife is in labor. You know, the doctor says this labor is protracted. She has lost a lot of blood. We need to section her immediately. And then they say, no, we don't do blood transfusion. Ha! And they say, no. You know, the Hebrew women were not so. Before we came, they were delivered. No, my wife will deliver as a, as a Hebrew woman. Number one, you see, you are not her. You are not the one carrying the baby. She's the one. She's the one that knows where she is in her faith. And if she has been under that kind of pressure for that length of time, it may start telling on her. She might just need some help. And taking her for surgery doesn't mean, you see, do you, do you know that now whether I was born by CS or not? You didn't write it on my head. Or is it that the children who are born by CS, they are not as intelligent as those who are not? I beg. Leave that thing. You understand? Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. Some people have done stupid stuff in the name of faith. And they now give the faith message a bad name. They now say, don't mind all those flakes. All that name it, name it and claim it bunch. Okay. You know, there are people who, talking about faith is not foolishness, is it presumption. You know, there are people that believe that, look, if I, once I tithe, once I just tithe, once I just tithe, and she's a prostitute, but she tithes. You know, there are prostitutes who tithe. Yeah. You know, there are some, some people, they are not prostitute, prostitute as in zone four, but they are prostitutes, as in phone call prostitutes, as in big girl prostitutes. But they're still prostitutes. That's what they are. You know, they have Aristo. I know there's nobody, you know, nobody under the sound of my voice falls under that category. I know that for a fact. Because these are Rema students. They are not here. But I'm just saying it in case you know somebody, you know. Or in case somebody hears this or someone is streaming this. And then the rest of says, look, the Bible says that if I will honor God in my tithe, you know, that God will bless me. But they are living wrong. Then that's presumption. In fact, it's foolishness. You know, there are people who, who do 419. Eh? But they are very generous in church. Some of these thing is, things eh, is part of the reason why the church in some circles, especially in this country, has lost its voice. Because some of these pastors know these people's lifestyles. Yeah, but, you know, they've used money to seal their mouth. What some of us will eat, you keep praying until you have a note of victory in your spirit. You understand? Sometimes you start laughing in the spirit. Sometimes you start singing in the spirit. Sometimes you just have a lightness. Sometimes you just know, yes, now it's done. See, there's the place of that. But let me tell you something. Over anything God has already told you is your own in the word of God. Don't do that. It's unbelief. It's unbelief. It's unbelief. It's unbelief. You need healing. You need healing. You now go and start praying. I'm going to pray until on the inside of me, I know God has answered me. What do you mean? He has a hearing problem. You now pray for five hours. I'm praying until something happens. What do you mean something happens? You know, you have a financial need. I'm going to pray until I know, until I know, until I have a note of victory in my spirit. No, that's not how to handle that. That's not the kind of prayer to pray for that kind of thing. You are applying the wrong prayer principle to the wrong prayer. When it comes to the prayer of faith, the word of God is all the evidence that you need. You don't need any witness in your heart or anything. 
if you are really in faith, yes, there's a witness you have that you're in faith. But I'm going to pray until, until I feel good, until I know that God... That's what Brother Hagin did. He went and started praying. Prayed one hour. After praying one hour, he said, God asked him, what, did, what are you doing? He said, what do you mean, what am I doing? Can't you read? My wife is sick. My kids are sick. We have their financial need. Listen, let me read the letter to you again. He read the letter that his wife just wrote to him, you know, trying to be like Jehoshaphat. <laughs> he read the letter again, you know. After reading it, then he was praying. Prayed another hour. After about three hours of praying that day, said God, asked him, praying in other tongues. He said, what are you doing? He said, I'm praying. He said, what do you mean you're praying? He said, I'm trying to pray through. He said, God, asked him, what, what is pray through? He said, really? I don't know what I'm talking about. He said, I'm trying to pray until I have a witness that you have answered. He said, then the Lord asked him, isn't my word enough? You're acting like you think if you will pray long and loud enough, you will eventually talk me into the notion of keeping my word. So you're not acting like my word is true. You're acting like it is not true. Ah! Then he dawned on him. He said, God, he said, you know I'm a stickler for your word. He said, you know there's nobody in the whole of Texas that believes your word more than I do. He said, you know there's nobody in the whole of America that believes your word more than I do. You know there's nobody in the whole world that believes your word more than I do. He got, ah, what is this? Waiting fall on me. Waiting be this. Waiting they shell it. What's happening? You know. And the Lord said, but you're not acting like it. You're not acting like it. <laughs> then it dawned on him. Turned his Bible to Matthew 8, 17. Himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. He turned to Philippians 4, 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Said, Father, this is what your word says. Since it says this, that settles it. I just want to thank you because my wife is healed, my kids are healed, and the need is met. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Whoa! And that was it. So he spent three hours praying in unbelief. It was unbelief, unbelief, unbelief. Yeah, the praying in tongues edify him. It did. It blessed him. You know, but he should have been praying in tongues for something else. Am I making sense? So, you see, faith is acting on the word of God. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Is there a place to pray sometimes about, are there some situations that you may need to pray that other kind of prayer? Yes. Especially when it concerns somebody else's life. Not an area where you have jurisdiction. Like this was about his family, his wife, his kids who are under him, he, their finances, his finances. You know, that was his jurisdiction. He could just act on God's word. So faith is acting on the word of God. Faith is acting like the Bible is true. I don't mean to bust your bubbles, but I know that many people may be fasting at this time. See, there are some things you may fast about. And, um, okay, for instance, you are fasting. So that you'll be blessed this year. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You want to be blessed this year. What do you do? Just stand on that. Father, your word says I'm blessed. If you say I'm blessed, then I'm blessed. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Full stop. You're fasting so that you don't die this year. You might die this year. Because God said with long life, he will satisfy you and show you salvation. You're not going to fast. It means you don't believe what he said. Tomorrow information and inquiries please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163